This is Adam LaRock, and you're listening to Line for Line. Shout out T-Rat, tricking your savvy. Know they coming if I send on the Addy. See, we just living by the code, no capping. Yeah. It's more than a podcast, it's a life hack for a lost soul that was on the verge trying to figure how to get their life back. Real talk. <laughs> See, you got a voice on this podcast. You can be you on this podcast. Educate all the youth on this podcast. Elevate me and you on this podcast. That's the reason we here, okay? It's family and friends, okay? Be real, you ain't gotta pretend, okay? Okay. Right, and just like that, we're back in another episode of Lifeline. I have a very special guest in the building today, a pitcher, might I add, one of the top pitchers that I've ever had the chance to meet. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself to the world, sir. Hey, yeah, I'm Adam Larock. Um, happy to be on the show. Thank you for uh, um, being able to get make this happen. Um, I know I contacted you, wanting to uh, learn a bit, a little bit more about what you're doing here, and. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Hopped on the opportunity to come here. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I noticed when you reached out to me, you said that you um, actually wanted to start a podcast yourself as well, too. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about that, of how podcasts even crossed your mind. So I've always kind of just um, dabbled in, you know, making making like YouTube videos when I was younger or, you know, kind of having really deep conversations with friends and, um, you know, kind of wanted to mix those two a long time ago before podcasts were really big. I, th- mm-hmm. I think podcasts has kind of shot up during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like extremely, because they're still around. Like Joe Rogan was around, a lot of other people that were around. Yes, sir. Um, but especially getting in that time, I was like, you know, I have a lot of good friends. I love to meet people and learn their stories because everybody has similar yet different lives. It's it's it's, it's crazy. Yes, sir. Um, so I've always just wanted to kind of meet people mm-hmm. and understand other people's lives. To help understand my, um, you know, like our reality here, it's just it's just something that I've always kind of drawn to. And now that I'm starting to get a little bit more equipment here and there, I think once I'm out of baseball, or once I'm out of college, I say I don't know when I'm gonna be out of baseball. Once I'm out of college, I'm gonna start doing that a little bit more. Have some more free time. I'll do that. Do you think it'll be possible that a small time guy like me will be able to come on your show once you get started? Oh, or? Of course, yeah. You'll yeah. be my first guest. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. So just tell us a little bit about you. Where where you, where you grew where you grew up? Excuse me, I can't talk for some reason. No, today. you're good. Uh, I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever been up there. I definitely. It's around yeah. the west side. Yeah, right, kind of towards Minneapolis more. So, uh, yeah, it's I grew. It's not it's not a small town really, but it's a small town vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about like 70,000 people there now, but it's, it's it's getting bigger. But yeah, I grew up there. Went to Eau Claire North. Um, played all three sports in high school. Football, football, basketball. Fo- so football is probably like my my favorite that was my quarterback video. yeah so i played quarterback um and i think i have a few of the records there what? i'm not sure still let's go um but it was kind of sad so when i uh, my senior year i got hurt but ever since that scene my last game we won like it was like the third game of the year we won my the high school didn't win another game until this year Oh my gosh! This since year. you left, it's like huh? five years. So that's what happens when you leave a team. Right? They don't. No, I'm just. I'm just. No, it's, uh, it, it was kind of it was kind of sad to watch, but um, yeah, it, it was tough for a while. But yeah, I loved, I loved high school. Loved high school sports. All about. It. I've always wanted to go back and coach high school. Mm-hmm. I got my degree in education, so I'm able to eventually, whenever that time comes, be able to go back and and get back to that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you played basketball as well, too, huh? I did play basketball. What position did you play for that? I was kind of just like a shooting guard, just guard type of guy. Um, I like I liked to shoot threes, but I also love to jump. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't really care about scoring points. I just like to make things happen. Um, I'd rather have, like, a good pass and a steal 
than like go down and make a make a layup or a jump shot. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, I was just like a menace on defense too. So like I, I knew I knew my role. Like <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going anywhere in, bas- in, bas- uh, in basketball. I knew my role. There were shooters on the team. There were guys that can dunk on the team. That was one thing I tried to do too. Mm-hmm. I knew I could. I mean, I could dunk if it was a right alley oop, right ball. I could just get it above the rim and just go like that. Mm-hmm. So like all my high school career playing basketball, all I wanted to do was try to get like a puck bat dunk. I just wanted to have this one cool thing. I never got to do it, but I've been close. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a you know scrappy little player. Uh, I just love the team aspect of, of basketball and I just love basketball too so it's sure. just another love of mine so how'd you get into baseball did your dad play baseball maybe your brother and so that's, a, that's a, another thing so my brother and dad were football guys nice brother played football at Winona State oh uh, my dad played football at Eau Claire nice so but my grandpa I never got to meet him he passed away before I was born my dad's oh. my dad's dad uh so he played baseball and was apparently really really good is that where you got the genes from? I don't know. I don't know. His name, his name is Gene, too. So oh, really? <laughs> so maybe it's in there. Yeah. Uh, but, so I mean, that's the only kind of connection I have to baseball in my family. Mm-hmm. My brother played, like, you know, Babe Ruth, Pee Wee, Pop Warner baseball, but never really played in high school. Yeah. Uh, football is his sport. So, like, yeah, I kind of just grew up playing baseball with just my kind of, like, raw talent for it. And I have great coaches along the way mm-hmm. that, have, that have helped me. Um, progress um but <clears throat> it kind of just I have, a, I have a good arm and it's so like in baseball mm-hmm. i was able to just always use use my arm for my for, for my advantage yes sir but I, I didn't always pitch what so like i pitched like my whole you know how like everybody pitches in little league mm-hmm. everybody pitches a little bit in high school i definitely remember little league yeah <laughs> so like everybody got the chance yeah um but i was always like you know a little bit more athletic than, than necessarily a pitcher would be so i played Center field, played outfield. I actually went to Iowa right out of high school. This is an impressive story so far. Yeah, We're so only five minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I actually went to the University of Iowa my freshman year. Uh huh. Um, I was not necessarily a big recruit out of high school, but I was kind of a big recruit out of high school, especially in the Wisconsin area. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like Gavin Lux, of course. So he's in my class as Ben Rortvet, and then it was like me, Cyrilla Watson. And a couple other dudes that were like top five in the state usually mm-hmm. all the time. Like for shortstops, it was me and Gavin my senior year, uh, or Gavin and me. He was obviously first, <laughs> obviously first. <laughs> like years ahead of you, yeah, a lot better. Oh but, my god! Uh, um, but honestly, Gavin, he, he, I never really got to play with him that much. Um, I just saw him at showcases. Mm-hmm. You know, he's three or four hours away from me um, growing up. So I got and I just heard of him, and I would see him at showcases from here to there, but. I was supposed to go to the Super 60 my senior year. Nice. Uh, which is like the big kind of draft showcase for uh, baseball. And I tore my labor in my senior year, my Ooh. left one. Not my throwing arm, but I tore my labor in football. And uh. the Iowa coaches didn't like that. They didn't like that. They didn't like it because you were a multiple sport multiple athlete. Multiple athlete. Yeah, they, they also were like, you know, you can play football, but at your own risk. You know, don't get hurt. And me, when I, when I basically committed, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get hurt, you know. I'll be. I'm a quarterback. You know, I'm not going to be like getting. Which is, we never know that getting injuries are out of our control. out of our control too. So it's like, it was kind of. I mean, it wasn't like bogus of them, mm-hmm. but you know, I understand the process. You know, NCAA sports is a, is a business. Very you know? true. So you got to understand that too. So when I, I kind of tried to keep it hush hush, because I was going to get surgery and I was going to be back for the baseball season anyway mm-hmm. for my spring high school season. So like, it's not like they would have saw me miss games. But 
somehow, you know, the word got out. They called me and basically said, like, you know, my scholarship's still there, but you're on thin ice and basically, like, you got to prove yourself first year. Otherwise, we're not going to give it to you back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bet. You know, I'll, I'll try to really grind and do what I got to do. So I get to Iowa. Um, had a really good spring season at uh, for my last senior year. We went to state for baseball. Let's go. Lost to Kimberly um, in the first round, but it's still it a hurt good game. my feelings in rugby back in the day too. Yeah, so yeah. Kimberly, is Kimberly up. holds a sore <laughs> place in my heart, man. That was the first time we really played Kimberly too ever. So we, that was the first time we played like a southern like school. Yeah, like I've never, I we never played Indian uh, Indian Trails. We never played. Like Tremper, we never played Arrowhead or, or Bradford. Like or the further, farther south we would go is like Black River Falls. Yeah, that's far from us. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's far from Kenosha. So unless we were like going to the state championship, like we were never really gonna play you guys. And that was our first like legit team cup. So and that was and that was the state tournament where Arrowhead had like Ryan Schmidt. They had Jeff Holtz. Um, Some big hitters. They, they, they had they had like I think five or six D one commits on their team, so they were stacked. Uh, that was a good state tournament though. But yeah, so after that, summer ball legion did good. Uh, get to Iowa and it was kind of like I, I didn't necessarily like the vibe when I got there. You know, you think that when you go to a place like as a junior in high school, I went and visited. I actually visited them because I didn't want to go on a like to like a, this like. I'd be to like work a basketball camp on Saturday for mm-hmm. high school. And I was like, I don't want to go to that. I'm going to go to this visit, <laughs> you know? So, uh, went on the visit and loved it. Fell in love with it. You know, they're like, they talk you up a lot, especially they get you in that room. Mm-hmm. They, they get, they put down the, the, the scholarship on the table and they talk to you and they try to just sell it to you. They're like, you know, you're gonna be our number one guy. It's gonna be this, that, and the other. Um, and when you get there, it's completely different. Oh no! Yeah, it's, so it's 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 a, it's a process, especially the higher up you get, the more so it is. But it's different for every coach. But I just mean the coach just didn't click. Um, not to speak bad on him, but it's just it just didn't click. And then you know, halfway through the halfway through the year, he basically sat me down and said, you know, we don't necessarily need you on the team anymore. And I was like, Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And uh, it's kind of just like smacked me in the face like you didn't think about that i go there thinking i'm gonna be there for four years mm-hmm. you know i have this whole plan and it was almost like a, a, a blessing in disguise that i left there yeah because i ended up going to madison college nice and playing baseball there under one of the best coaches i think in the country Wisco and mike davenport yeah Wisco. yeah so um so it was like the it was junior college was perfect it was right next to campus of uw madison mm-hmm and but it was in our own little corner in the um I think it was east side of Madison is where we were. Yeah, so we were division two JUCO, but we went to the World Series both years I was there. Let's go. We had studs in those teams. We have Logan Michaels, who's a catcher, went to Virginia. Shout that out. guy has a yeah, shout out to him. That guy has a story. He was a walk on to a JUCO, grinded two years, gets offered from Virginia without even the coaches looking at him. Just like the straight from the word of our coach, uh-huh. being like, "Hey, trust me, this guy's legit." Goes to Virginia, like has this huge, like crazy story there. Gets the World Series, hits a home run in the World Series after not hitting a home run like the whole season. <laughs> like this, dude, and then he gets picked up by the Orioles. Let's go! Like this dude is just a grinder. So hopefully he was like, "He's he, listening to this." Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Shout out to you, Logan, if you're out there. Um, but we had um, Jack Egan, we had Nate Brown, guys that are coming from Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi State, um, 
coming from Florida. I just got back from the College World Series, but these guys are all from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Like our whole team is based in Wisconsin. Like it was, it was a bunch of D1 rejects from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> like the Madison College team was, and we just we just grinded. I love the JUCO life. You know, JUCO life is there's no rules. You know, there's no rules. Um, they could, we could practice like three weeks in a row without an off day. Yeah, and that happened a well, lot. What would you say that transition was like going from Iowa to Wisco? <clears throat> you know, honestly, I went in there with a pretty big head. Like, um, I, but that, that was the thing. It, that's why I was a blessing and a curse why I went there. Because I kind of went in there, I was like, all right, I'm, I knew I was, I was good and talented, but I felt like I didn't, at first, I felt like I didn't have to prove myself, mm -hmm. which is like very, very, and you're not supposed to do. Um, but I was, I was young, I was 18 at the time, I didn't know. And the coach there kind of just like takes your ego. And like opens the trash bin and throws it in there. Oh my god! <laughs> and he crushes you down and then builds you up as an actual person. Like a like that's a, it's so it's so, so crazy how baseball and all sports is balanced. If you're not like, not a good person, if you're like not taking care of yourself outside of the field, like how are you gonna expect that transition to positivity on the field? Oh, you know, like I I, I mean, I, there are cases where it, it works for whoever it is, and people have that rarity, but. I mean, I just think it's so important to have balance in your life. Yes, sir. And that's what Juco kind of taught me was to balance not necessarily, not just, um, you know, stuff on the outside of myself, my ego, but also like schoolwork and, you know, just getting to like, just being like true to your word, being on time, all that kind of stuff. Just all that was like drilled into me every single day. Yeah. And I could just, you know. I could talk for, for hours on the Juco life, you know. Now, if there was any story of a humbling experience that you did take from Iowa that you still use going forward in your everyday life, mm -hmm. what would you say that would be? Hmm. The biggest humbling experience there was probably getting, like, actually, like, looked almost, like, looked down on by the, by the senior class. So, mm -hmm. like, you, you go to a place and – you're a freshman who's talented. There's all different kinds of talented people there. Um, but the most humbling thing is, like, every single person there is as good as you are or better. And there's no, nothing's, nothing's just, like, given to you there. You know, the fact that I actually had to, like, earn a spot and have the coach tell me, like, even though I, I probably didn't, I, I didn't earn a spot the first, the first couple of weeks in the first month and a half of fall. It was tough. It was everything was sped up on me. Yeah. And, you know, um, Rick Heller, the coach there, he literally said to me, you know, you are, you're, you're nothing in the eyes of, of, of our program right now. Oh, wow. Like you, like basically saying like, not in a, not in a bad, like derogatory way, but he's just saying like, making me realize that like, you are nothing until you prove you're something. Mm-hmm. And you can't just be something without proving anything. So he kind of said, like, you know, you have to figure out, like, the last meeting I had with him was talking about transferring schools. And he's like, you know, Adam, you're a five-tool player. You're, you know, you're a five-tool player. You have all the capabilities. You have the arm. You have speed. You can hit both ways, you know, everything. But he's like, you just got to find, like, if you really want it. You just got to find if, like, you just got to learn how to, how to play the game of baseball with that stuff. And that's what I was. I was always just a raw talent, mm -hmm. but I just need to figure out what my role is in baseball to be able to like have that 
be successful for me. Did you ever feel any type of pressure to maybe not play baseball, knowing that you said that your father was a football guy, your brother was a football mm-hmm. guy? So, yeah, so uh, sophomore year of high school. So, like, my, my thought process was freshman, sophomore year, I was already quarterback. You know, I played baseball too. But, like, to me, going to a big school was nothing, like, I never thought I was – I thought that was so far away. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was ever possible. But to me, I was like, I'm just going to go to Winona State and play baseball and football. That's what I wanted to do to start out. Mm-hmm. And I went to a showcase down in here uh, in Milwaukee, the, the Rock Complex. Okay. In Franklin. We had a showcase there. My, my coach like, you should just go to this. Just try it out. And when I go there, they're like – I had a buddy of mine whose dad said, you know, when you go down there – Throw the ball as hard as you can. Don't care where it goes. It's like it could hit the backstop. It could go over the coaches. Eddie go anything. Just throw it as hard as you can. Because that's all they're looking for. Because you can you can teach command. You can't really teach velocity unless like so like natural velocity. Yes, sir. So I go there and like as a 16 year old I threw I think like 92 from the outfield and I threw like 88 or something from the infield. Wow. So that was like a big like kind of like all right I'm on the scene now. Like right there, that was the first time any coaches, scouts, scouting grabs saw Adam the Rock. And from right there, like that day, the Rob Fournier from Minnesota was like technically can't come up to me, but he was right there. And my coach read that the message basically like, Hey, we are definitely interested in you. And that was the University of Minnesota. Like that wow. was the, that was the first showcase I go to and the University of Minnesota. Big names is already like, hey. Like, we're, we'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Whoa, maybe like baseball is actually like a something I could I could do. I can I can improve on this. Like I, I was always gonna be a three sport athlete because I, I I I really don't like people just being one sport athletes. Like I, I get it, I get it. Like if you have a craft, like you're born to do a craft. You know, like LeBron growing up, he didn't have to play three sports." He didn't, you know, or whoever it is, you can fill in the blank. But to me, growing up, I just actually loved all three sports. So, like, no matter what, I just felt like it also made you more athletic in different ways. Like, you have to be, there's a different athleticism for basketball. There's mm-hmm. a different athleticism for football, baseball, like hockey. Like, you ever see a hockey guy try to dribble basketball? It's like, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's like it's you, funny. you see them try to run, and it looks like they're running on skates. You know, it's just different things. And to me, I love to learn all different things. So, I just always wanted to be a three sweat athlete. Yes, sir. Sir. Yeah. Can you tell us about the most difficult, to, excuse me, the most difficult challenge that you've faced with sticking with baseball? Honestly, it's it's finding ways to just be, like, have fun with, like, your athleticism and have fun with, like, your everyday stuff. Because you can get into a routine where it just becomes boring. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing the same thing every single day over and over and over and over again. So what can you do to find yourself to, to make things better? So that, and that's like, you know, we'll, we'll have like a football before practice and we'll play catch the football. We'll do whatever we got to do. Or we'll have like competitions. Or we'll have like, like we had a big competition this uh, at, at the end of the fall is the Turkey, Turkey Day Challenge. Me and Horder on the same team. My guy, shout and out Ryan Horder. Shout out Ryan Horder. We won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was, one of the competitions was like, um, overhead throws then it was basketball layups and then basketball free throws and then three-point competition and then like different kind of stuff like that so that keeps you on your edge to like make it be not so much like just one thing you know like 
over and over and over again the same routine yeah. uh, but the, and again a routine's important but you know that's, like, that's another thing for me that's disc golf disc golf made me feel like you know there's something else like another hobby i can do that like makes me feel like athletic but it's not going to make me like get hurt mm-hmm. like you know like we have a we have a deadline at the end of the fall like you can't nobody can play basketball after like a sp- specific time oh wow because like you don't want it, like if let's say it's the early fall and you're playing basketball you you let's Flew say you bust ankle. your ankle up you have time to get back and still be good for the fall mm-hmm. let's say it's the end of the fall we're about to go to break and you bust your ankle and now you can't work out the whole break oh. the whole off season so it's like more important to not do it at the at the end than at the start cuz at the start there's time you know, okay, yeah, ACL tear, that's different. <laughs> but, you know, not many people are going that hard. They're, if anything, they're just, like, playing pickup 21 or just something like that. Um, but for disc golf, I uh, I did this when I was younger. Okay, it was just like, show that to the camera yeah, well, so too, this, for the thumbnail. Yeah, this is a, a Ken Climo, 12-time world champion, uh, Innova Star Wraith. So Innova is just another one of the, the brands, is Discraft, um, there's prodigy all that kind of stuff so yeah disc golf was a big part of my life because so where i grew up i grew up right next to my middle school and there's a disc golf course at the middle school nice not like at the middle school at the middle school so it's like there's like a like a forest area behind the middle school Uh uh-huh it's so like, yeah, there's a disc golf course there. It would be a very nice area for a middle it, school to it, have It was a very <laughs> not well-put-together disc golf course. Like, there was definitely no tee pads. There was, like, it was just, like, all placed together throughout. But it was, gotcha. like, it was good, though. It was, it was a... Better than nothing, right? Better than nothing, yeah. <laughs> and, like, we'll still go to back there for a nostalgic round of, of disc golf. But, um, yeah, so I would, like, you know, walking back from school at the end of the day, we'll play a couple holes. Yeah. Or... I had to walk through there to go to high school lifting in the morning in the summer, and I'd walk back, and me and my friends would just try to ace a hole over and over and over again or yeah. something like that. But I didn't <clears throat> know it was a competitive professional sport until, like, three years ago. Oh, wow. But it's been going on for so long. Like, they could go on YouTube and type in 1975 world champion disc golf. And it goes back to And it goes back to, like, 1975. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but they're playing with, like, big Frisbees and, like, a bucket, basically, back then. But now it's... Ten million dollar contracts. What? Paul, Paul Macbeth, like he's he's like the LeBron or the Jordan of yeah. of disc golf. I know what I'm going to tell my daughter to try her hand at now. No, the, yeah, this, this uh, <laughs> and so like that's that blew up, especially during the pandemic too. It blew up because what was a what was something you could do that would isolate yourself and you're outside and not to be indoors? Mm-hmm. Disc golf or golf. Like, so disc golf is a community thing. You don't have to pay for it, really. You go to a community park and just play. Mm-hmm. And especially with, like, baseball motion, like, you're hitting or you're throwing, it's, like, the same motion as it's throwing a disc. It's, like, if you play football, baseball, hockey, tennis, like, you're going to have an advantage in disc golf. Yeah. And it's just something fun, too. It's, it's a competitive thing. Like all my old baseball buddies, like, that's, like, what we do to hang out. We go play disc golf. Yes, and then we get on the competitive side, too. So, like, I'll go to tournaments and compete in tournaments and get, like, a professional rating um, and all that kind of stuff. Like, you get paid for it if you win. And then if you do good enough, you get sponsored. If you do get sponsored, you do good enough, you can go play on, like, pro tournaments and pro tours. And I know a couple people that are on tours. Look but it's, like, I'm so far from <laughs> from where they are. It's and, all a learning experience. And it, it, it's, so, it's so funny, too, because, like, You'll see some of the people that are like really good at disc golf, like the pros, like James Conrad, say, or something like that. You look at them 
and they don't look like they have an ounce of like athleticism or like or anything that that would like picture them as like you are that like you look at you look at a football player and they look at them without just regular clothes and you'd be like okay you probably do something like that to do with like you know sports or something but these guys they're just these like tall lanky skinny guys and they're just throwing discs like 600 feet Mm-hmm. And it's insane, and they're making like forty foot putts. That's awesome. And yeah, so it, it's just and it's just like so hard. It's but it, that's another thing with baseball too. It's a failure sport. So if you like sports that like you're destined to fail, like golf or anything or like, like that, it's just like such a competitive aspect to it. Where let's say I get down with a round and around and I did bad, it's like ugh, like I'm actually mad. <laughs> like yeah. you know I, I want to go try to get better with it. But that this is just also just something that you know I can I can look back on. And I can do it for like the rest of my life, you know. Yes, Baseball is never a thing, and just relax with it too, right? Yeah, and it's you can go. It, it's it's like a relaxing thing too. So you just go out there on the course with some buddies, and you just walk a course for two or three hours, yeah. hang out, listen to music. That's awesome. What yeah. can we expect next from you now? Because um, this is your senior year for baseball. This is my sixth year. Sixth year, okay. That's okay. pretty crazy. So, yeah. um, I was supposed to be done last year, but COVID. If you got affected by COVID, as in like you're on a team when it got canceled. And everybody had to go home. You get an extra year of eligibility. Let's go. So I got an extra year of eligibility, and then yeah. So I, I like it was like a fifty-fifty between if I was going to come back because um, you know how it is like scholarships get taken because you're technically I was supposed to be on the team and like you know they need scholarships for freshmen coming in and there's not supposed to be this many people on the team because of COVID. So mm-hmm. I totally understood that. And so I was, my coach calls me in the summer and kind of have a good heart-to-heart conversation and you know he's saying he wants me on the team like he wants me there for just the team aspect and because you know um I have talent that he that, that could that could help the team too and after that conversation it was very good and I was like you know what okay I'm gonna because I'm not gonna want to sit back and regret me not going back for one more year I don't want to be like 30 and be like what was that one more year like what could I have done yeah. even if this is the year doesn't turn out to be anything like I still I did it at least I did it um, you know, and baseball is giving me so much. I couldn't just quit on it like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I decided to go play in Mankato. Mankato. Um, this is my second. I, that was my second year in Mankato. I played there last year and this year. And my coach, I was I was actually bartending one week as I bartended in the summer. I was just my job. Mm-hmm. And I get a call. It's just one of those things, a classic, you know, you're at your job and you get a call from a coach. He's like, hey, come play for Mankato. Like, we need a pitcher. Come on down. And I, I played outfield for them last year. But this year my coaches are kind of like, yeah, let's just see if you just transition to pitching to see if this is just going to work for you. And it actually did. Um, and like, you know, some of the uh, video that I showed you, you know, it's just like, it's it's natural, but it was still work to do. Um, but going there gave me the opportunity to come back to Milwaukee. Yes, sir. That that showed them, you know, that I'm still, you know, going after it. I'm still, I'm still trying to do what I got to do. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, as we get ready to close out this amazing episode, what would be that piece of advice that you would give to that kid who's juggling being a multiple sport athlete mm-hmm. and really trying to figure out which one he is best at if he necessarily is better at one than the other? True. It's also just like trusting your gut and figuring out what you truly love because I loved all sports, but I just had a deeper connection with baseball. You know, I might have been better at football or I might have been better at a different sport, but you don't want to play a sport just because you know, you're forced to, mm-hmm. that's never, it's not going to turn out to be fun. Just like a job. You don't want to work for a job that you're forced to do. You want to do something you love. So 
find out what you what you want and what you love and don't let other people try to persuade you otherwise unless like it's people that you care about you know care about the opinions of people you care about like don't worry about the opinions of other people you know um there's a great quote by will smith it's uh don't let people who do so little for you control so much of your minds your feelings and your emotions because that's just a lot of our world today too and you know people are going to want to tell you your opinion and going to want to tell you how you should feel and it's like you know you only got one life man so if you want to do something that really that you want to do man go for it yes sir and you know enjoy everything while you can too especially three three, three sport athlete people enjoy every single season you know you're not going to I look back and I'm like I wish I went harder and worked harder in high school even though i'm not going to go to college play basketball i just wish i worked harder Mm -hmm. to have myself give me an opportunity to to maybe achieve something more greater maybe win a conference championship maybe go to state you know have a memory to build to look back on that being said young man we just wrapped up an episode of life run you calling are you listening tune in every week lifeline oh yeah i'm going lifeline